Hello, and welcome to another episode of City on a Hill, a podcast about what it means to be a citizen of heaven and a citizen of the United States. We want to encourage Christians to find their tribe in the church and their hope in the kingdom of God, rather than to seek both in the kingdom of man. So with that, let's get to it today. Well, hello, I'm Eric Eastep. And I'm Scott Reevely. And this is the City on a Hill podcast. Welcome back, listeners. Welcome back, Scott, the uh, what, doc, Dr. Scott, who's okay. going to in the future t- teach a class at seminary. It's fi- finally, all these episodes, <laughs> and you finally get it right. Yeah. <laughs> the, the honorable. <laughs> oh, dear. Yeah. No, it's, it's kind of interesting to uh, kind of keep that a secret, but that's all right. Um, yes, I am going to teach a class at Western Seminary this spring. It's going to be spring semester. Uh, the class is going to meet uh, March 1st and 2nd in okay. person, mm-hmm. and it's open to students and auditors. In fact, they made kind of a big push for auditors the other day, which... I got an email. Lots of people did, apparently, and so I'm not going to... Are you getting a little, little, little nervous? Well, a little bit, <laughs> partly because all of the reading, the people... The auditors may not do all uh-huh. of the homework. The auditors may not do, and I, I there will be something there for the auditors, I'm sure. Mm-hmm. But it won't. And I won't have to do the. I guess the good on the upside is I mean I have to grade the papers that's, and do all the that's things. That's a win. So, uh, but neither will they, and so it won't exactly be what I have been planning on. But I think it'll be. I think it'll be good. I also have been uh, given the opportunity to. Uh, kind of be on a webinar. I've never really been on a webinar before, so I'm going to do a webinar. This is highfalutin in, stuff. In uh, January. So <laughs> that'll be my first public uh, for, I guess, I, I guess not. Podcasting we is We are podcasters, public. Podcasting is public. Yes. But it'll be my first, like, out of my element. There sure. we go. There out of go. my element. I'll, I'll accept that. Thing. I'll accept that. And uh, then the class is second. But So what is, what is the name of the class? The, cl- the name of the class is ML570. The church in public, being the church in a politically charged world. Okay. And so the goal of it is, of course, to prepare students and people in ministry to help their church navigate uh, what's coming mm-hmm. later next year mm-hmm. with the election and uh, I assume some other politically charged mm-hmm. kinds of things, which we we don't know what they are. Never yet, but completely escape from. Yeah. But anyway, I mean, uh, all the all the things that we uh, lived through in 2020 and had to get ready for um, all those things just make me think, I don't want to do that again. And when, you know, and when I do, it's not if I do, and when mm-hmm. I do, mm-hmm. I hope the church is better able to talk about it, better able to navigate it, better able to follow Jesus through it. So mm-hmm. that's why I'm doing the class. That's why I'm doing the webinar. That's why I'm doing this podcast. So the class is essentially... If, if the podcast is uh, City on Hill 101, uh, How to Do Politics as a Christian 101, the class is City on Hill 501. Uh, it's maybe 201. It might actually be, it has to be... It has to be 501. It's a grad level class. <laughs> it, ha- it might just be... It's 570. Yeah, yeah. there you go. Um, City on Hill 570. But it's, pr- it's probably stuff we talked about here, mm-hmm. uh, re, uh, redistributed or, or reimagined, but... Um, the topics the topics will be familiar mm-hmm. probably to listeners of City on the Hill mm-hmm. because 
I've tried them all out on you, and That's thank great. you very That's much great. for being uh, being helpful to me in that regard. So yeah. thank you. And so I'm going to start the class probably by just telling stories and reviewing mm-hmm. um, kind of what got us into podcasting, uh, what uh, what pain we felt. I suppose mm-hmm. we have to admit the pain that we felt in uh, 2020, but you go back farther than 2020. You you were a little more, you were paying a little better attention than I was earlier, I think, and that's mm. why you, you go back further than me. Well, and what, yeah, we can tell that we can tell those stories, but really the, the question that frames the story would be, when did you realize the church has not been discipled by the church politically? Or what, what, when, when did you realize... That's how I'd, was that how you'd frame that question? Well, as far as a win, if it's got a yeah. time frame on it, I'd frame yeah. it that way. Yeah. yeah. And it was, became very evident to me yeah. in 2020 Yeah, when we began to talk about um, the election, when we began to talk about George Floyd, when mm-hmm. we began to talk about um, the masks and vaccines mm-hmm. and um, other things that, yeah, the church was not spiritually ready to navigate right politics right and that i'm just going to say that was on purpose mm. mhm i purposefully uh set out as a pastor not to talk about it right and i you know i would let somebody else put something on a bulletin board or mm-hmm. um, at the time pass out um the voter pamphlets Organ family council and other things and would let other people let people do those things but I was hands off. Yeah. And I I paid for it. Mm. <laughs> I would say that. That's kind of how I'd say it. I well, and that's it. that's part of my story. I didn't grow up here, uh, right. but I grew up in a in a similar uh, similar subculture in mm-hmm. southern Oregon. And so it was always avoid politics. I was I was in that environment like we don't talk about these things. It's not nice to talk about these things or whatever. Uh, and I remember going to seminary and getting close to wrapping that up and kind of going, it was right around 2016. I was, I graduated in uh, August of 2016. So I was, Oh, I was, I was graduating seminary and it was almost like my head had been underground for a while because as one is when, when they're doing seminary and pulling my head up. Okay. What, what do I need to be aware of the bullets that are flying? What's going on? Um, so I started paying attention. And I think before that, maybe I had, had the radio on or something when I was working. So I was paying a little bit of attention, but not very much. And then I pull my head up when I'm getting ready to be done with seminary and look at the landscape and we're in the middle of an election season. So I recall uh, one of the last things I did, I went to Israel um, for seminary and I, I was, I was seeing news about what was happening in America while I was in Israel. Like, wait a second. Okay. That's, that's kind that's, of meta. That's, isn't not, it? that's not yeah. good. Yeah. Um, and that was when I first started going, okay, I need to pay attention to this. And, and we get back and I'm um, wrapping up my work and starting to read, read the news and do these things and um, realizing, okay, who, who are the candidates? What's going on? Um, what's, what's going on with this Trump guy? Like that's, and, and, and I would see, because I was trying to pay attention, I would see some horrendous thing said or some horrible thing done or some um, unexpected thing unearthed. Yeah, video from the past. Video from the past thing, or right? whatever. And I'll, I'll, I'll be honest, I, I felt like, I, I don't remember how old I was, but I felt like a little bit like a kid and okay, 
eventually some adults are going to show up and say, we don't do that. We don't talk like that. This is unacceptable. And specifically within the church, I was, I was waiting for that. Mm. Um, not necessarily the local church, but just the, the anybody, big, anybody. And I was waiting and then I would, I would watch a debate or I'd do something and really like we're, and not only were, were, was there no one standing up saying, hey, this is horrible. Um, this, this guy doesn't have the character necessary to do um, your entry-level job, let alone President of the United States. Um, no one was doing that. And, and not only were they not doing that, it seemed to, the, the support for him seemed to ramp up, even amongst, amongst church. And I remember thinking, man, when I was like eight years old, nine years old, 10 years old, the whole Clinton scandal thing happened. And there was this, we expect a certain amount of character out of a, out of the leader of the free world. And I remember thinking, okay, when, when does that requirement come up? When does that um, appeal for character and virtue come or up? When will the church, right. You know, hold to the same standard for, right. You know, that they did then. Right. Yeah. And, and that's what I'm talking about. The church specifically, not, I mean, there's yeah. the nation, whatever that, that's right. <laughs> they're going to do what they're going to do. But, I expect more of the citizens of the kingdom. Um, and I waited and waited and waited. And knowing now, I can I can look back and find some places where some guys, some people, some guys and gals stood up and said, you know what, I don't, I don't accept this or whatever. But they weren't prominent mm -hmm. and they weren't the main voice and they weren't the, um, the thing that would be representative. And they didn't win the day. And they didn't win the day. Nope. They lost. Yep. And I... I remember election night and I was sitting there watching that and with some friends and completely flabbergasted. Um, there's there, I, there, it wasn't winning or losing that it was going to be a, a loss either way. It didn't really matter. <laughs> That's uh, true. but I, the, the way the country lost is different than I expected it to lose. And I remember the next day, um, I had a, I had a site visit out in Hood River and I had to drive out to Hood River. I think I mentioned a little bit of this on the podcast before, but I had to drive out to Hood River for a, a site walk for work. And the song on our, on my playlist kept playing, um, this is my father's world. And it was just wrecking me because I had to be reminded that this is broken. And not only is it broken, um, the people who represent the kingdom that I thought would go, Hey, we don't do this. Didn't do that. And still, this is my father's world. Mm -hmm. um, it, things are okay, but I don't like it. And I, I remember having to pull over and just weeping because mm. my thought was, it's already hard enough to tell people about Jesus. The church has capitulated. Now, what do we do? Now, how do I tell people about Jesus? Now, when I, I'm, I have such a big barrier now because the church as a whole, and, and later we would find um, statistics that 80% of the evangelical church which is a political term, not a theological right. term in this context, but 80% voted for Donald Trump. I, I didn't have that information at the time, but I remember even that day texting people like, what do we do now? Like, mm. I, this is, every, like my ability to talk with someone is now diminished because people will see as though the church supported and the church r went this way. And from that day on, it was, okay, what do I do? I need to, one, I need to educate myself. So I, I basically started reading a bunch of books about government and about all these different things and uh, kind of gave myself a little, I don't know, undergrad degree in, in politics. Um, but with an end towards, I need to understand this so I can point people and I can, I can think about these things well, because I was 
naive. I didn't know what was going on. Um, but that's where it happened for me because I wasn't discipled that way. I didn't know what to do politically. I didn't. Know, the church didn't teach me how to interact mm. in the world. And then when I expected the church to stand up and do something, they were sitting down on the job. It's like, okay, who, who's going to stand up? And it was it, for me, it was a little bit of, oh, I guess I'm one of the adults in the room, and I better mm. figure out how to do this well because because uh, it's not it's not someone else's responsibility. It's my responsibility too. So. That's a little bit of my I story. I heard a podcast about that a couple yeah, weeks this ago. Is our, this, is, <laughs> this is our problem. Yeah. So, yeah. No, I, you're in some respect ahead of me because I kind of sleptwalked through that election. I, uh, I didn't see it coming. I didn't, I didn't look for or hear other Christian voices. I just kind of kept my head down. And so I didn't – it wasn't until – weeks later, or I assume weeks, maybe it was mm. days, but I think weeks, when I heard that the evangelical church threw in so hard for Donald Trump that I like kind of had a moment where I had to wake up and mm. say, all right, if you know the world is identifying the church with Trump and not Jesus, that mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. doesn't seem quite right to me. And so that was, you know, that was my two six, 2016 moment, but mm-hmm. it didn't happen you know, in time for the election didn't happen f- mm. so that I could help the church be prepared. And uh, so that was, yeah, thank you for being awake to it anyway. I mm. I don't feel like I was, but um, my, I came to it, I came to it differently though. Um, I was uh, considerably older, of course. I grew up in a military home during the Cold War. Mm. And so and and we've talked about this uh, early on anyway here there are good guys and bad guys the good guys were americans the bad guys were russians mm-hmm. um the good guys were christians the bad guys were atheists turns out the good guys and the bad guys in both of those sets were the same and so the the christian america versus the atheistic communism was the formative political ideology of my childhood, mm. um, and Rocky was my prophet. <laughs> what was Rocky four, six, or yeah, whatever? Four, yeah, um, <clears throat> best movie ever. But anyway, if he dies, he dies. <laughs> the um, that was that was kind of how I was formed spiritually and politically simultaneously, and I re- mm. I recognized that to be a little bit of a problem. Like not then, uh, no. Well, no. When I became pastor, like I can't exactly do that. I, mm. And I was a little late because, of course, the um, uh, the Berlin Wall fell, mm-hmm. and the the landscape was different. And mm-hmm. so my old paradigm didn't exactly work. So I was like, let's not have a paradigm. Let's see how that goes. Uh, that was, so that was one thing. I mean, the other thing that happened, kind of on uh, my watch, I think it happened before. I became pastor, but about the same time was the moral majority ended. Mm. So again, the formative, my formative growing up was shaped by the moral majority. And the way that Christians interact with politics is, can I make this into a word? Moral majority-esque. That probably didn't work very well, did it? It's, it's fine. Okay. We'll let it pass. Like the moral majority. That's the way that a Christian would engage politics. And so that was all well and good until it wasn't. And then the moral majority went away and we were still left with Roe v. Wade on the books and other things that 
had moral implications, and so the way that you would interact would be to weigh in on the policies or the candidates and the morality of them mm-hmm. was kind of the way it went down for me. So anyway, for the most part, then I just kind of sat tight and hoped that no one would, you know, make me do anything politically. I, I'd let some other people do things mm-hmm. if they wanted to pass out the um, voters pamphlet or if they wanted to um, get a petition signed or whatever, I'd let them. Oh, but, interesting. But I didn't want to, I mean, I would let those people have their ministry. I didn't want to, I didn't do anything to inform that biblically or from the scriptures or anything. Mm-hmm. But I, I would just sort of step back and let that go. I mean, I, mean, I probably had some lines. They weren't very well drawn. But uh, the, the chief one was, let's not get involved. Mm. <laughs> that was basically my uh, M.O., and that served me quite well, actually, for, um, what, 20-some years of being a pastor. You almost got away with it. <laughs> oh, my goodness. There are some people who yeah retired at the right time, but I wasn't one of them. And I just like em- have retirement envy for those people. <laughs> for all the wrong reasons. For all the wrong reasons. I had nothing to do. No desire to retire. It's just like, oh, you got out when the getting was good. But anyway, um, so then come... Uh, even 2016, I just was, uh, I, I recognized after 2016, my job as a pastor got harder, mm. that there was more animosity about politics in the church, and I could still kind of work around it and not have it come up. And so that was my, um, that's kind of the way I ran with it. And then we get to March of 2020. And March of 2020 uh, was, of course, when uh, the COVID era started. Mm. And I still remember, I came back from a conference, uh, and as I was coming back, or right before I left, I heard Oregon governor has uh, shut public places down, including houses of worship, and it's uh, you're not to meet on Sunday. So I had this meeting with the uh, elders of our church, like, what are we going to do? Oh, I remember. Yeah, um, you were there. And, uh, and actually, you, you were helpful to me because I, my MO was, I'm not going to be one of those people. You're not going to tell me what to do. And that was, I, that's how I went into that meeting, actually. I don't know if I've ever said that before. but I, I, I can't remember the, some of the quotes, but I remember that a little bit in the meeting. Yeah, I mean, so is the government going to have any say mm-hmm. in the life of the church? And, of course, that I bristled at that and mm-hmm. um, thought I would be noble and be the uh, reformer, blah, blah, blah. And that was, that was how it started for me. Mm. And thankfully you and some other people um, spoke some truth into the situation and were uh, ahead of me enough to use the scriptures and... Uh, I was convinced from the scriptures that, mm. yes, in fact, um, God's call on me and God's call in the church was to submit, uh, and that there was good reason to do that from the scriptures. So we did. And that, 
began probably the biggest chapter of challenge that I had in mm. ministry, really, uh, because nobody, myself included, liked it. Right. Nobody liked it. It wasn't, we didn't do it because we liked it. We didn't do it because it was the best way to do church or mm -hmm. because it made us more effective or because we were uh, super Christians or anything. We just did it because we thought that's what God called us to do mm. from the scriptures. And so we did. And it was, <clears throat> oh, it was 10 months after that. I, when, well, not even 10 months. I mean, it began to wear on people right away. The church oh, yeah. tried to make, and, but everyone was shut down. Everyone mm -hmm. was at home, mm -hmm. no matter what, for a while. Mm -hmm. And then a few churches started back up, and a few people, a few churches said, ah, forget the government, we'll do our own thing. And that sounded good to a lot of people who, yeah. who were still where I had started. Mm. And they, you know, they left our church, and they went there, and there are people that I love and had been pastor to that are still there because that's um that's where they still are so um that that philosophical approach to mm -hmm. church and state is where they are and so uh that it was probably about 10 months in though when i um when i had like the first wake-up call that this is because george floyd happened in the summer that summer and then um, I'm trying to think, it wasn't 10 months. It couldn't have been that long. It was probably in the fall, actually. So we'd been five months in, but George Floyd had happened. I was under pressure to, to make it. That was in May. Right, I know that yeah. was in May, but the, these other conflicts I'm going to describe mm -hmm. happened mm -hmm. in the fall. But I was um, under pressure to make a statement, to come out and be um, somehow prophetic or some make a statement. Mm-hmm. He essentially signaled my virtue, mm -hmm. and I just, I just couldn't. I didn't, I didn't have enough information. It didn't directly affect me, and I, I just wrote a piece and said, "This is not, you know, I, this is, these are the reasons why I'm not the person to make the statement on this." And that was what I did. And there are people who didn't like that, and um, it just was, it just pretty much didn't like anything I did. It felt like, mm. you know, and, and we, there were some conversations about um, systemic racism that uh, were immediately responded to with, there's no such thing. And it was just, no matter where you turned, you ran into some, mm. somebody that disagreed and it just felt disorienting among other things. Mm -hmm that I guess it was probably the fall, but we had somebody want to meet uh, with me and another pastor, and uh, I had preached a sermon online. And they had heard the sermon online, and I was anticipating, we were anticipating the election. I guess it was in the fall. And um, I had said, it's, I, I had said, uh, you should approach this with humility mm. because there are subtle and nuanced reasons people will disagree with you. Mm. Okay, that's what I had said. And it came back to me that we're leaving the church because you said there are subtle and nuanced reasons to uh, vote um, for um, pro-abortion candidates. And I said, well, no, I've never knowingly voted for a pro-abortion candidate, nor would I advocate that. What are you even talking about? And it turns out 
that I had said that there might be some people that would disagree with you. Mm. And that got spun into you're now advocating that the church vote, you know, for abortion. And I realized, okay, we're no longer in, we're no longer talking about rational things anymore. This is not even true. Mm. And when I squared it away, they thanked me for squaring it away and said, we're still leaving the church. So there you go. Mm. Within that same month, I had somebody uh, decide that they were done with the church too because they had been, um, I suppose, drifting to the left. And they had friends who were big into BLM at the time, uh, Black Lives Matter, and they were sure that that person would not feel, their friends would not feel comfortable at our church. So they um, they said, I, I can't keep coming to the church. So within the same month, I lost mm-hmm. people because I wasn't uh, right enough and because I wasn't left enough. Mm. And it's just like, what is happening here? And, um, you know, I, uh, I talked to other pastors and told them that. And they, one guy just said, multiply that by 12 and you've got my experience. Another guy said, yeah, just last, just last uh, month we had somebody come. He just said, I'm leaving the church. And I said, why? And he said, well, uh, because I want a church that's apolitical. And, and the guy said, we're doing everything we can to be apolitical, like not political. Mm-hmm. And the guy said, well, yeah, I want, I want an apolitical church that leans a little farther to the left. <laughs> that's the truth. And that's, um, that's kind of how the whole, you know, season went. It just felt mm-hmm. like everywhere you turned, you ran into to things like that, and it, was, it just made you crazy. And I, you know, I still talk to people. There's somebody who wasn't part of our church then, but has since come, and they actually came for some COVID-related reasons because mm-hmm. of the way their church handled it. And this person was teaching uh, kindergarten Sunday school. So Sunday school. And the kids walk into Sunday school and say, we need to kill the governor in Sunday school class. This was the conversation. And she said, wait, 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 wait. And she tried to shut it down. Time out, time out. And turns out, surprise, surprise, they had heard their parents talking about the governor and talking about the governor's mandates and all the things. And, but for that to be a conversation that you have in kindergarten, Sunday school class right. is crazy. And so anyway, those are just some of the, you know, that time frame as I think about it, it just sort of makes me sick to my stomach even mm-hmm, to, mm-hmm. to talk about it. But that's kind of where it was. And now I mean, now you look around and uh, what used to be churches sorted on theological lines, like Mm -hmm. what do you believe about baptism or what do you believe about um, communion or name the thing, there's doctrinal distinctives. But what we find is you look around the church, number one, what people look for is are there people whose political persuasions are like mine. Mm. And the churches, the churches, churches are sorting along political lines really beyond anything else. Right. In fact, what 
you what used to be called uh, you know liberal or conservative that used to be a theological term. Mm-hmm. N- nobody even recognized that as a theological term anymore. Even what you would call liberal churches, if you say that, people immediately think it's a progressive church politically, mm-hmm. not any kind of um, theological distinction or anything like that. And so, to me, the the long term, so the short term pain came from COVID. The long-term pain comes from the fact that the church now is sorting into buckets that are uh, very similar to, um, the church is very similar to itself in these buckets. Right. And the, the beauty of what the cross came to do to make of the two one new man is completely gone. That we are as a witness to a world that's divided, we're just like them mm-hmm. instead of being a witness to them. Right. And instead of people knowing that um, uh, we're his disciples, by the way, we love one another, they simply know whether we vote right or left by what church we go to. Mm-hmm. And so those are the things that have kind of got me fired up about doing this. And it was really when those things kind of hit and then shook down and you and I began to talk about it for, uh, what did it take us? It took us a year basically mm-hmm. uh, before we started recording in yeah. November or something of yeah it, it took us maybe 20. nine months to start recording and we didn't launch podcast for a year mm-hmm. after COVID started it was it was in March but we were it was just like what can we do and we saw people leave the church not our church only but right. that church like forget if this is what Christianity is like I want something more real than this. Mm-hmm. I don't want. I didn't sign up for politics when I signed up for church. And anyway, there were just a number of things. I mean, that we, they were, were all kind of very sad and painful, and that's kind of what launched us uh, into City on a Hill. And um, really, City on a Hill became for me the uh, the thing that forced me to. In fact, I started. It, in order to force myself to figure it out, to say, what does it mean to lead a church? What does it mean to um, understand the scriptures, to be a member of the kingdom of heaven and live here in the kingdom of men? Mm. And so we began to to talk about that every week, a little by little, a drip by drip. Mm-hmm. And uh, that's kind of led to where we are now with uh, uh, almost, are we almost three years? We're t- apparently almost three years. It's this good grief. Um, yeah, almost three years we've been recording podcasts to to talk about it, but to, and to think about it, and it's kind of led to this webinar and this class, and who knows what else. But uh, I trust that our effort will uh, both on the podcast and then in these other venues help the church uh, be discipled uh, by Jesus, not by their news outlet. So right. anyway, right. that's that's kind of why I think it's important. That's kind of why we got started on this, and that's uh, kind of why we're um, why I'm doing this class. That's good. Yeah, and and I hope it's I hope it's obvious to everyone listening that everything's self sorted politically, and it's it's still broken. So it's not like oh this thing happened and and now everything's fine. But that's why we did what we're doing. We're still doing this because we recognize okay people if people are sorted politically. That means they're discipled by something other than the church, and that's that's why they're identifying that way. Um, so 
I, ho- I hope we can help in that regard and and point people towards, you have a king you belong to, and if you can identify with that, then you end up sitting next to people you disagree with politically um, because your identity first is in, the, is in the kingdom and in Christ. So, And I, I, I think you, uh, I'm excited about you doing that class because I think you'll be able to help pastors disciple their people politically going into... I hope so. Another cycle. I hope so. I hope they can avoid the ditches that I found myself in Mm. anyway. So yeah, we'll put a, we'll put a link to the class in the show notes. If somebody wants to uh, sign up and go, that would be super fun to uh, have somebody that's listened all the way Mm -hmm. along Mm -hmm. in the class. That would uh, keep me honest anyway, I suppose. (laughs) Keep me honest. Awesome. And, and uh, if you do have questions about um, what, we're going to talk about or, or maybe something he should talk about in the class or uh, don't forget to bring this up. You can send an email to us at commentcityonhillpodcast.com. I know that would be helpful. Uh, putting together an outline is not an easy thing. So uh, any input on that would be uh, would be a help. And then don't forget to subscribe on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts and rate us. If you find what we're doing helpful, review does go a long way to get this to other people. You can send it to them and say, hey, maybe sign up for that class over at Western Seminary. Um, share it with a friend. And until next time, we look forward to the next conversation. Yeah.